What's up, witches? Welcome back to another episode at the Corporate Coven Podcast. In this episode, we are going to continue the series of the Zodiac Signs at Work. If you're new around here and this is your first episode, then you have quite a library already of things to catch up on. And some of the episodes out of the previous 100 or so are dedicated to exploring and understanding the archetypal energies of the Zodiac Signs in the workplace. This episode is dedicated to Gemini at work. I'm going to finish posting the Cancer at work and the Leo at work, but if you have a big three placement or a vocational placement in the Zodiac wheel, then you're going to love these episodes. I have a master's degree in career counseling and have spent a lot of time and energy in studying the workplace as well as how individuals can show up authentically in the workplace. And as an astrologer, I specialize in vocational astrology. And so I love blending these two worlds of the modern workplace and the mystical and esoteric and ancient wisdom of astrology. So let's get into it. Let's talk about Gemini at work. We're going to first start by understanding the qualities of Gemini in viewing at it through its modality and elemental makeup. So Gemini is mutable air. The mutable signs are all about movement and come in when the seasons are in transition. Gemini marks the transition from spring to summer. Now this is when kids are getting out of school. It's time to be outside and to really start playing. It's finally recess all of the time. And for this reason, it's important that Gemini has playtime at work or is in work that at least feels like play to them. When you're playing, you get to explore and ask questions. And as I've watched my kids play at a playground, the social groups are actually very fluid. It's almost like watching, I forget the the type of birds they are now, but there's these massive bird herds. What do you call it when birds gather? A flock? Um, when like this field is like covered with these birds and they all fly up into the air and then they all change direction, like at the very same time. And it creates this phenomenon of watching a massive unit, like this aerial force moving and flying as if they share one stream of consciousness. And then sometimes they'll break off and, and groups will form and then they'll come back together in a large one. And that's exactly what it's like watching a big group of kids play unstructured at a playground. They move in and out and one group will form and then the other will move again. And because it is fluid and because you have the ability to move around, you really pair up based on what you want to be doing and not because you have strong emotional ties or just because you work or live in close proximity. That's much more Cancerian, which we'll talk about in the next episode of this series. In Gemini, It's much more of like, hey, what are you doing? And I want to do that too. You're new. I think I want to play with you. And you have the liberty of approaching relationships as well as work or play through that lens of like, I'm just trying it on. And if I don't like this, I'm I'm just going to leave. And there's not really hard feelings. It's just, I don't want to play anymore. I don't actually want to be over here. I want to go try this over here instead. 
And so you'll often notice Gemini energy at work when you see open work environments where there's lots of huddle rooms or hoteling space, big conference rooms. I also think a little bit about the trend of having like gaming stations or like board games or puzzles around, which are meant to really like help people play, to de-stress, to socialize with their coworkers. I think of Gemini and I also think again about like this hoteling space, the idea that you can just jump in and work wherever you want to at random. It doesn't really matter who you're around or what team you're on. You kind of just show up and as long as there's a desk open, you can kind of work here. A more nomadic style of working, like living in another country while working remotely is a lot more Sagittarius. But Gemini would be like really quick, short commutes to the office and working next to new people all of the time or having more um, the ability to like float around in the workspace is very, very Gemini. And again, that's what mutable air does. I want to move out and about and I want to chase and I want to be curious. I want to move. Geminis are also pacers. My husband is a Gemini and he is constantly pacing back and forth. Like he very rarely ever sits still. And I had another, I had a CEO that I supported and he would need to have custom chairs in his offices, but also whenever he was going to be present in a staff meeting or in like another team meeting, we knew that we had to have a chair that would rock because he had to be moving in order for him to stay fully engaged and present in the conversation. His body had to be moving. And that was often expressed in sitting in a chair that could like lean and rock back and forth. And if not, then there was standing and there was pacing. Um, and, and that was just like the, the mutable, the movement energy of Gemini. As an air sign, you know that Gemini is concerned with communication and the exchange of thoughts and ideas, short sprints of communication. And we think about like the network of communications through mediums like apps or other online tools. I think of Gemini as the building blocks of communication. And if you've ever had a natal chart reading with me before and you have a Gemini placement, then I know that I've talked about this with you because it's one of my favorite ways to teach the Gemini connection with communication or speech and language. So if you have human development laid over the zodiac wheel, then Gemini comes into our life when our speech centers are being developed and we're learning how to use words to communicate with mom and dad or with our caregivers, with our siblings, with other children even. And you start learning a language by mimicking the language. Uh, you know, say mama, say dada, say no say more. And and with kids, you also teach them, at least I did, like you teach them the sign language as well. You teach them multiple ways to say it. Here's how you communicate with your body and they just see you form the sign as you say the word and then they mimic it back to you. They either mimic the hands or they mimic the sound. And you're teaching them multiple ways to communicate what their needs are. But it starts with just mimicking. I hear you do this I do it too. And now you give me a reward or you give me the food or you give me, uh, you know, something in return. And now I'm learning what this means. You learn it by doing it. You experience it by, um, or you learn it by experiencing it. This is actually how you learn the language is just by engaging in it. And this is one of the best ways to learn languages is just by immersing yourself in a culture where that is the dominant language. And you're kind of forced to just notice and observe. And it's kind of, as you are going through it, you're figuring it out. 
after you've already started speaking the language and you become fluent in it, now you go to school and you actually start learning the rules of the language. You start learning what a noun is. You start learning how to spell the words because it's not just phonetic. And you transition away from um, like experiential learning. You still have some of that, of course, in school. But now you start learning more of like a theoretical framework for it. And it becomes a lot more formal. And so this is a good way to understand Gemini communication. What are things that you don't have to have a really like strong underlying understanding of the language? It's not super complex or complicated. It's quick. It's bite-sized. I think of um, Gemini with Twitter, right? The idea like you only have so many characters to use to convey a point. And how do you say something which can be easily understood and translated across a lot of different people. And this is also like online communication because it happens so quickly. You don't need to sit down and write a long, drawn-out letter that will take weeks to be delivered. Instead, it's just like sending a text message really quick, just like shooting out or like a, a quick email communication. It's sharing information, and it's really driven by this desire to connect this is why we learn language. Like this is why it's so critical that we learn language and we can communicate with the people around us because it's how we can exchange ideas. It's one way of communicating who we are and what we need, but also learning that from other people and being able to uh, create these relationships that are not so much emotionally based, but rather you're connected because you share ideas because you're curious about the same things because you want to play the same things. You want to have similar experiences. And so you can now come together and you can express that. So you can determine whether or not this is a good strategy to move forward. You know, if I want to play uh, unicorns and you want to play superheroes, well, can we play together or not? You know, let's figure this out. Like, can we make this work? And if not, well, I'm going to go find another group of kids to play with. So this comes up at work with you know, do I want to work with you? Let me ask questions about this. Let me like, you know, really try to understand who you are and what your needs are and how we work together and, and how we can communicate to share these goals. And let's see if we can be successful moving forward together. Is this a good strategy to have in place? Uh, this is a big part of like norming the group is like, how do we communicate? This is a really important thing to do with teams that you work on, especially if it's made up from different generations, because there are generational preferences and how information is shared across groups or teams of people. Are you a Microsoft Teams group? Are you a Slack organization? Is it okay to respond with pictures and memes and emojis? Uh, how formal or informal does this need to be? And if you are working in an environment that has Gemini values then some of that value will be, well, what's the most efficient way? What's the quickest way? You know, what's the turnaround on this? We want it to be effective and we want it to be clear. And sometimes that's a really simple solution. And I shouldn't say simple because creating really simple communications is actually very complicated and it is like a bit scientific. There is again, like a really good strategy of crafting a really clear and powerful like statement of purpose, for example. 
I'm not good at this personally. Um, and so this is often where I will like lean on chat GPT or other AI, AI tools of like summarize this, uh, write this in 50 words or less, uh, you know, help me like create like a really concise. And I've heard people often refi or refer to this concept of like Gemini with like shallowness, like a shallow communication. But again, I think it's really important to acknowledge that some of the most powerful marketing and branding campaigns are done with really, really simple and few words because uh, it's so easily accessible. These are like jingles in marketing, uh, the things that get stuck in your head all day and come back because it's so easy to recall. One that I can like recall just like off the top of my head as an example is like Petco, where the pets go. Wow, right. Okay, yeah, it's a pet store and that's where you go when you have pets. Perfect. <laughs> literally everything I need to know. And it was simple and it was brief, but it was like still very, very influential. So I want to be clear that like when, when I'm talking about like, oh, like, you know, elementary education, the building box, like the foundations, that's not, it's, it's not a diminishing thing. It's not a value of like, oh, higher education is more important. It's more valuable to do things this way. Play is very, very important. And there is this, um, kind of instinct, distinctive approach that Gemini has in the workplace because it's the things that we don't have to think that much about to be able to do. And it makes me think about even the idea of like, oh, it's kind of like riding a bike when you hop on it, you know, you just kind of like remember what you're doing. Well, it's funny because like bikes or like short distance trips or communications is often something that we kind of like correlate or associate with the, you know, more mercurial themes of Gemini with like the quick trips to other realms or dimensions, which let's talk about because uh, Gemini is ruled by the planet Mercury. And so Mercury is the God responsible for communicating across the realms. And I've talked about this before on the podcast when I was talking about either Mercury retrograde cycles and the staff meeting episodes that I do, or in the Virgo at work episode, which was the very first episode in this series, the Zodiac signs at work series that I'm doing on the podcast. So I won't share as much about that here because I have already stated it. And if you're curious about that, then you can go listen to those episodes. But I do think about the kind of communication that can be dispersed to all audiences. So these are like fables or children's stories that are still deeply meaningful and impactful. Um, and it's right. It's like why we teach children through songs and through play. It's how we naturally learn. And Gemini is very, very good at that pattern recognition part of learning and communicating. So when we think about pattern recognition with children, you know, that's a helpful way to understand it. But let's talk about where we use pattern recognition in the workplace. So this is trend analysis. This is being able to look at the analytics of a recent product launch or a marketing campaign or implementing a ticketing system or a new process at work. It's being able to notice information coming at you from the external environment and being able to draw assumptions and correlations and connections in the data, recognizing like what are the patterns and then being able to anticipate what's coming next. And this is again where Gemini doesn't have to be really analytical about this. Getting in and really like uh, getting granular with the data feels a lot more like Virgo. It's the details, it's the specifics. Whereas Gemini might see just a big chart and be able to draw a lot of 
again, like assumptions about what they're seeing and then be able to build a strategy around it. And when I say this is instinctive, I'm going to like refer to my husband again, just because I, I live with a Gemini. And so he's a good like basis point for, for what I observe. And this is something that I noticed about him really, really early on is that in addition to his feet always moving, like when we have been hiking together, he and I went hiking a ton really, really early on in our relationship. And the way that we would hike is so different. I'm very Capricorn. I'm slow. I like to look at the earth and test it a little bit before I put my weight on it, especially if I'm going up or down a hill or something like that. Like you'll, I actually like, I really struggle like a Capricorn knees, right? I really struggle going downhill on hikes because I find that it puts so much strain on my knees and they're so exhausted by the time I'm done going downhill. And it's because I go really slow and because I lean back and, and I kind of like take my time with it. Whereas my partner, my husband, he literally just runs and jumps and there's been a few like close calls where he like almost ate it or like tripped up a little bit. And he's, he's always been fine. That's the thing with Gemini is his feet always catch him. I don't believe that mine would, but he has this just trust of like, just like run through it. And, and I, I really just like can never understand it, but that is because I'm not a Gemini. Right. So really understanding like Gemini at work, you might see this behavior in Gemini colleagues or in Gemini like environments, and it's this kind of like trust that as I'm moving forward, I'm going to continue getting information and I'm going to be able to be agile and nimble in reacting to that information or that external stimulus. And I'll be able to navigate it. My feet will find a path forward. I'm going to land on my feet. But I have to move forward to figure this out. My feet have to keep moving. This isn't the energy because again, it's mutable air. It's not the energy of like sitting down and really focusing and, and building out an entire like plan and strategy before launching. It's kind of like learning as you go. And a lot of it comes from like witnessing what other people are doing. Again, it's this mimicry quality of Gemini of like, well, I don't know. I, I saw them doing this. So I tried it and it worked for me. And so I'm going to keep doing it. And as I keep learning and exchanging ideas and connecting with people, that's what's going to keep me being successful. Gemini is networking because of the communication and the conversation, but it's, it's not networking for friendship per se. It's not even necessary like uh, men, uh, networking for mentoring. It's more like networking for the exchange of ideas. Like I want to be inspired by the world around me. I want to get excited about things and I'm so curious that I love asking questions. And so I'm more like networking to try to draw in more information And this is again, like it can be deeply impactful. Uh, it's a bummer that we do associate like even like the shallowness, I think is fine to say, but when we use words like shallow, there's often attached like a belief around it or a value placed on that. Like, oh, it's not good to be shallow. Like it's better to be deep. There's been like, uh, you know, these, va these value systems placed on these terms that we use. So I want to just like quickly offer that. Like when you hear me say things like this is shallow, this is quick even agile, nimble, you might hear those things and you have a morality assigned to those words. Shake that for a minute and look at it objectively. All things can be useful or non-useful just depending on the context and how developed or underdeveloped these qualities are, how mature or immature or naive the expression of this energy might be. 
So there are some instances of this where you might find that, um, you know, this type of behavior is not productive in the workplace. You know, you have this person who's constantly wanting to get up and to move and to work in different teams and they want to, you know, a hybrid work schedule because sometimes they want to be in the office, but sometimes they want to be over here. And what the nature of the work calls for is someone who will sit down, be present, be consistent and own a body of work and become like a subject matter expert. Well, then you're really going to dislike this Gemini quality. It's not going to make sense. This person isn't going to be fulfilled or this Gemini energy won't have an outlet, an appropriate outlet to really let it shine. Right. But if you have someone who needs to be in like a consulting type position where their job is literally to go out and to canvas or to build connections that they're just going to constantly, you know, trade floors and they're meeting a lot of like different people and they're having to convey a message about a brand in a really concise way that connects and resonates with a large, like a large audience, then you're going to love Gemini energy. This is going to be really useful in the workplace. So it really just depends, right? Think about like application and how it might be valued in different like uh, settings or environments before you start assigning morality or like value to these qualities. So spotting Gemini at the workplace, and I mentioned this earlier, but really like open floor plans. Gemini likes to be able to move. They like to be able to hear conversations as they're happening and kind of like jump in as they want to, but also leave easily if they desire. You're going to find open work environments, but you're also going to find like a lot of huddle rooms. So like, hey, like quickly come in here with me. Like, let's let's huddle up really quick. Um, You know, quick, quick sprints, like come in here and just like, like let's talk it out and then let's move on. I think commuter workspaces, again, just like uh, this is not a designated workspace, but whoever gets here can like reserve it for the day and they can work here. You're going to see lots of carpooling or biking into work. You might see employers that offer um, walking tracks like around their workplaces so people can do walking meetings. I think also having like treadmills and workstations. Um, I talked about this earlier, but again, like gaming stations, I think makes a lot of sense here. Game playing can also show up in like creative environments and we think of like Leo a little bit. But when you think about the nature of the games, these are ones where you have to communicate. You have to, um, you know, talk through some of it. You have to like sit down for like a short period of time, but they don't last a really, really long time. That's what these environments are for. And it's a way to de-stress. It's a way to have fun. It's a way to connect and share ideas. Um, and again, Gemini doesn't really like having a clear line between what work and play is. They want it to really intersect and be able to flow easily from one to the other. I find that Gemini qualities also form a kind of linchpin in a lot of operations. Like they kind of are a connective tissue between a lot of other moving pieces of the business. And I think about this with Gemini um, and uh, like hands and having your hands in a lot of different projects or having your hands in a lot of different work streams and you kind of being again, like that connective tissue. I also think about like Gemini being like a nervous system and how your nervous system runs throughout like your entire body. And it's what kind of connects and helps all of your different limbs like work cohesively uh, which sometimes is really beneficial and sometimes is like annoying that you can have an issue in one part of your body and feel pain somewhere totally different. But this is like that Gemini, like connective quality. It's different than in water. It's different than in earth. 
Uh, again, these are like the ideas and the beliefs that we exchange. It's the knowledge that we have and, and how we drive connection through communication and being able to express these ideas. So they're quick, they're agile, they're nimble, they want to move forward. Um, and again, it's like concerned with commerce. It's concerned with, um, education to some extent. It's, con it's, uh, it's how we market. It's how we form strategy around elements of our business to really share that with as many people as possible. It's interesting, even in social media marketing, this is something that I've learned having recently finished the coaching program, um, which in famous with Captolia Eaton, who is fantastic. And I love shamelessly plugging in this program because it was so affirming for me. And it was such a fun new thing that I got to learn. And like I connected with so many really incredible witches through that program that have been featured on the podcast and I have future episodes featuring them on the podcast. So like love cap. But even as I was learning a little bit more about like social media marketing for my own business, a lot of this is done through like archetypal work and Captolia uses the 12 archetypes. And if you want to learn more about her work, like go check it out. I'm not going to talk anymore about like how we did this, but even like learning like the archetypal branding that is used in marketing um, was so Gemini of this idea of like, let me put on this archetype. You know, again, I have a child who's in the Gemini phase of life. His speech centers are developing. And one thing that he loves to do right now is playing dress up. And he loved wearing all of my daughter's dress up clothes for his third birthday. We bought him his own. And I don't care that they share. I mean, like they can do whatever they want with it, but he strictly had like princess dresses and he did not care. Like he rocked every Elsa dress we had in the house because it's fun to be a new character. It's fun to be somebody new. It's fun to have a new identity. It's fun to try on a new identity and a new way of talking and moving and, and stuff like that. And so we um, got him some more variety so he can still absolutely wear the Elsa dresses that we have in the house. But now he also has like a Spider-Man costume and a Hulk costume and a firefighter costume and a cowboy costume, and a dragon and a Pikachu. Like we've got like a whole gamut of things to choose from that my kids love to dress up in. But that was so Gemini, right? Of like, oh, if you're marketing, try being the ruler, try being the innocent, try being the lover. Like see how it feels like try on these different identities. Even uh, a lot of like marketing you, you develop so any like witchy entrepreneurs out here, you probably already know this, but if you've never been through, like if you've never learned how to build marketing strategies or branding strategies and stuff like that for businesses, then you might be like surprised to learn this, but you'll also start noticing it as you consume like commercials and different content online, you'll start realizing, oh, this is like a character that they're now marketing to. You come up with a niche client and a niche client is an image and a really common or like popular one is like Victoria from Victoria's secret. You know, the brand came up with the idea of Victoria, like who is Victoria and what is her secret? And there's this entire backstory of the type of person that she is and how she spends money and, and all these different things, right? This is fake woman made up by a man, but you'll start noticing like, who are they selling it to? And it's really easy to see this in algorithms. And I think algorithm is another thing that I think of like with Gemini, it's pattern recognition. That's like what a lot of this AI stuff is. It's just pattern recognition. And it's being able to anticipate what's coming up. Like you can guess things that I'm probably going to be buying based on what I've been searching for or what I've been talking about. So now you watch 
you know, a show with ads or something and you're being targeted with very, very specific commercials. For me, it's like down to like the, the county that I live in. I've started getting commercials for the county that I live in. And that's because they have my billing zip code, but that's Gemini type energy. And that's again, where, when we say like, Oh, it's like, you know, shallow, it's not like, you know, uh, you know, it's, it's a, it's a broad net of communication. Okay. Well, you're still like targeting the right audience and you're catching the fish, right? Like that's a, it's a decent strategy if you're trying to feed a village. So that's Gemini. That's a little bit of what it's like in the workplace. And if you're new around here again, hi, I'm a vocational astrologer. I use astrology to help people in their career and in their business. I have a master's degree in career counseling, which is where I first learned how to use assessment when working with people through their career journey. And I first learned to use the strengths finder assessment with uh, clients back in 2015. I was exposed to it a lot earlier than that, but I started using it with client work in 2015 in my master's program. And I used it in a variety of different contexts. I use it with university students. I used it with teams of professionals at all management levels at work. And I use it with clients inside of my business. Um, and you can find my readings at my website, thatwitchfromwork.com. The strengths in the natal chart reading is live. So you can learn more about that. You can also, and I'll link this in the show notes, but you can read the articles that I've published on LinkedIn where I correlate the Clifton Strengths Finder signature themes and the four domains of leadership to the zodiac signs and the four elements. And I'm really excited about that. So if you want to read, you can find those actually linked on my website now as well, but I'll put them in the show notes too. So as an air sign, Gemini will correlate with the strategic thinking domain of leadership as outlined by the Gallup organization. And the strategic thinking domain wants to answer the question, how do you absorb think about and analyze information and situations. And I do this on every episode of this series in the podcast. And just so you know, like this is where I'm pulling things from the Gallup organization's website directly. You can just go find so much incredible free information about strengths on the Clifton strengths, like part of the Gallup organization. It's brilliant. And so if you want to work with me and correlate it to astrology, you can go to my website. But if you just are curious about this and you want to learn more, um, I will link that in the show notes as well. Okay. So every episode I look at the domains of leadership. I look at all of the themes or all of the signature strengths in the specific domain that we're looking at. So for Gemini, it's strategic thinking. And I pick one, I just pick one. And there's a lot of different ways that these strengths can be expressed. And there's a lot of nuance in how you interpret this. And that's what I do with clients in those strengths in the natal chart readings. But for these episodes, I just pick one. I'm like, you know what? This is like a really clear expression, I would say. Like, this is a really clear expression of this archetypal energy. So for Gemini, I pulled out the theme strategic. You heard me use that language a lot early on in the beginning, but it really is like there's real strategy with Gemini that I don't think it gets enough credit for. Even with children playing on a playground, there is some type of method to that madness that we may not understand, but again, is very instinctive and natural to the Gemini or to the child. From the Gallup website, they write about the strategic theme. 
People exceptionally talented in the strategic theme create alternative ways to proceed. Faced with any given scenario, they can quickly spot the relevant patterns and issues. So this is, again, that seeing the patterns, this is that pattern recognition where others see, um, you know, complexity. It's that elementary education and singing to learn that children are so good at and like why we do it with them. Gemini can just easily see the pattern. They've already been like learning how to speak this. It's, it's instinctive. Where Gemini might struggle is being able to translate that to everyone else because it's not going to be as obvious for everyone else. And so Gemini needs to work on really knowing how to communicate with others around them. And this is, again, where strengths can show up in the balcony, where people see them as a strength. People see this as a quality and as that that is valuable and is worth investing in. Or when it's immature or it hasn't been refined or practiced or developed, we refer to it as being in the basement because other people see this as a real challenge for us. And if you have strategic as a strength, but it's not showing up that way, you might hear people saying like, okay, connect the dots for me. I do not understand how you got there. You might also hear people saying, slow down. <laughs> this is this is me hiking with my partner, right? Slow down. I cannot go as fast as you. I cannot run like you can through this terrain. I don't have that same level of trust. I don't have that same instinct. So you're out of alignment and in the wrong environment, or you're not applying your strengths in um, the best way, or they're not in an environment where that strength is valuable. Uh, if you hear people saying those things to you, slow down. I, I'm not making the connection here. Walk me through it. And that's really what you need to get good at is helping convey what the strategy is to other people and being able to communicate that in a way that they can really understand it. You can see the path that leads through the fog, but they see the fog. So start practicing showing them the path and walking it with them and know that you tend to go a little bit quicker than everyone else and don't slow down. But again, like figure out a good pace so people can come along with you. All right. Well, like I mentioned, I have recently brought back the strengths in the natal chart reading. I had so much fun piloting this reading last year in 2022, and I'm really pleased to bring it back. Um, those booking links are open. You can find them on my website. And if you loved this episode, it would mean a lot to me if you left me a comment on the episode, uh, left me a rating for the Corporate Coven podcast on Spotify and shared this episode with a Gemini individual in your life. Join me for the Cancer at Work episode, which will be posted next. And if you want to find previous episodes, you can connect with the Corporate Coven podcast on Instagram, where I organize all of the Zodiac at Work signs and my guest episodes conveniently there in the highlights. Until next time. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Corporate Coven podcast. Before we wrap up this mystical journey, I would invite you to share your feedback on the episode and leave a rating for the Corporate Coven podcast. If you found value in this content, share it with another witch at work. With over 100 episodes, there is a lot more cosmic career advice to be explored. Until next time, may your ventures be guided by the stars, and may you remember that you hold the power to manifest the extraordinary. I'll see you in the next episode.